0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 6th. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 156, paragraph 1. Today's readers are Philomena, 12 Steps, Hoodie, 12 Traditions, Readers, Fran, Katie, F., Penny C., and Sharon R.S. The reference number for yesterday, which was Tuesday, November 5th, is 5407. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. and to carry this message of recovery Good to those morning. who Good
1: still
0: suffer. Oh, our sole purpose OASIP tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Philomena to please read the 12 steps.
2: Good morning, everyone. My name is Philomena, a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass.
1: Thank
0: you. I will now ask Hody to read the 12 Traditions.
3: Good morning, Melanie, and um, a vision for you. My name is Hoodie, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before our personalities. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Heidi Abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for reading on topic. Sharing on topic, excuse me. This meeting does request that that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's going except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 156, paragraph 1, and I will ask Fran to get us started. Good morning,
5: Fran. Good morning, this is Fran, Compulsive Overeater. One morning, he took the bull by the horns and set out to tell those he feared what his trouble had been. He found himself surprisingly well-received and learned that many knew of his drinking. Stepping into his car, he made the rounds of people he had hurt. He trembled as he went about, for this might mean room, particularly to a person in his line of business. And this is uh, referring to Dr. Bob and um, going through the steps, admitting his powerlessness and um, uh, his dependence on God, and then um, doing doing an honest and fearless inventory, and then admitting his wrongs, and going through the process, uh, and um, and he's he's fearful to you know to tell people about what what his drinking problem and what had uh, transpired in his life, but people already knew those around us know when we have a problem, when, when we're compulsive overeaters. Uh, everybody else seems to know even sometimes before we know. So uh, people weren't surprised. And um, But he went around and he made amends where he could and uh, he was scared. But in the next paragraph, it will explain what happens as a result. And I pass. Thank you, friends. Uh, Who would like to share on that
0: paragraph? Hi, this is Eileen from Bedford, Mass. Good morning, Eileen. Good morning. Um, I'm a food addict in recovery. Um, I could really identify with uh, dealing with whatever you've got to face. With the eyes of fear shining down on you. Um, fear, it's a horrible, horrible thing. And I've, I'm coming up again to four years recovery and it still pounces on me. But he found himself surprisingly well-received. And that's because I know for me, if I ask God to, or Jesus to please help me walk through my fear, I get through it miraculously. I'm surprisingly well-received by others and learned that many knew of his drinking. Stepping into his car, he made the rounds of people he had hurt. You know, there are people in my life that that I've got um, hurts uh, too. And I, I need to uh, write those. I need to make amends, and I need to walk forward. So the best thing to do um, about fear is to ask God to please walk you through it. Um, I don't know. That's all I want to say. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Eileen else would like to share on this paragraph
6: this is Paula may I share yes good morning Paula good morning Melanie and thank you for your service Um, on this as I was reading this I just have to say you know you chuckle he found himself surprisingly well received and learned that many knew of his drinking imagine we somehow think that they don't know And they do. We wear it. Not just with our weight. We wear it on the face, on our face. How the heaviness of our walk. We wear it. But this part, he found himself surprisingly well-received. Just to see him at the door. And to be whole and not drunk. Drunk with whatever you do, food, drink, drug. I don't know. He was well-received. And then he goes on, and I was also stepping into his car. He made the rounds of people he had hurt, car, train, bus, plane. We make the rounds. Before it was making the rounds from one to another to another, buy it to another drink. But look at the rounds he made now. I keep thinking of the doctors going through the hospital and making their rounds. And it's strange that that was the word that was used. He made his rounds. And each one, more healing took place. You see, that is it. And making the rounds and healing the hurts that we've done, the healing comes back on us. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you,
0: Paula. Who's next to share on this paragraph?
6: It's Leah.
7: Hi, good morning, Leah. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah, a recovered compulsive overeater. I just wanted to comment on this uh, stepping into his car he made the rounds of people he had hurt um, of course we're talking about step nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others you know um, dr. Bob already was a member of the Oxford groups. Um but uh, you know he had a face <laughs> but you know The book teaches that faith alone is insufficient. It's not sufficient to do the job. Uh, To be vital, faith has to be accompanied by this sacrifice and unselfish constructive action. The big book and these steps give us constructive action to implement in our lives, and these action steps change us. You know, he wants to be free and freedom is not free, and rebellion may be fatal, and delay is dangerous. So, um, you know, although he has concerns about how this is going to impact his family and how it's going to impact his business life um, as a physician, if Dr. Bob delays his amends merely out of fear for himself, he will ultimately be the one to suffer. He will ultimately be the one to suffer. You know, so this is, this is um, you know, the price we pay. The price we pay is, is death of ego, death of self. Step nine has us go to those we've harmed, acknowledge the harm specifically, take responsibility for our part, and clean it up and repair the damage as best we can. The purpose of that step, the purpose of all the steps, is deflation of ego at depth so that there's room for God, so that there's room for God. So this is exactly what he does, and he's going to get the results that we're going to read about in the next paragraph, because he never finds it necessary to drink again. Is that odd or is that God? Personally, I think it's God. Thank you, I pass.
0: Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we move on? This is Philomena. Hey Philomena. Good morning. It's your turn.
2: Yes. Um I just like to um I'm still from New Jersey, recovered. I just like to step on that uh stepping into his car he made the rounds of people he had hurt. And I just like to say to the new people, uh when you get to step nine sometimes you know, you have uh, fear that you have to make these amends. Well, when you're connected to a power greater than yourself and you believe in that power and you surrendered already, um, for me, my experience, uh, I was um, at that point in in uh, Step 9 and my sponsor was sitting right there. And I got a phone call from someone that I hadn't heard from in six years that she was the first one on my list. And I looked at my sponsor and I said, oh, my Look what God has done here. And uh, the amends was made right there on speaker with my sponsor. And it was the most beautiful thing, and it started me off to make my amends. So don't fear, because God is with you. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Philomena. Anyone else? Okay, I will um, then ask Katie F., would you please read the next paragraph? I'm sorry, I was unmuting. What did you say? Just read the next paragraph? Yes, please. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Paragraph two. Okay, good morning. I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. At midnight, he came home exhausted, but very happy. He has not had a drink since. As we shall see, he now means a great deal to his community and the major liabilities of 30 years of hard drinking have been repaired in four. And, uh, you know, this is just such a great um, testimony of what happens when we clean up our life. You know, 30 years, um, I know for me, in my disease, it was uh, 20 years and it was a lot of repeated sick patterns over and over and over again i did these things i burned bridges i um you know damaged my body i uh i um was a disappointment to myself and others and in recovery i've not had to continue those cycles so i made my amends and i made restitution and i changed my life and i um Never looked back. And I didn't have to, I don't have to keep um, going through these exhausting experiences because I'm not creating new havoc. Yes, I'm not perfect. I have to make amends, uh, you know, sometimes for for small actions, but it's not a life run on self will run riot today. Um, and this can seem very scary when you're. Um, standing there, you know, newly sober, newly abstinent, to think about um, telling people, you know, look, this is what I've done. i stole food. I did this. I did that. Um, but as this previous um, paragraph says, uh, many knew of his drinking. So, you know, we're not going to be surprising people as much as we think. And, you know, this is step nine that he's talking about here um you know, if you're newly absent, you're on step one. So we take these steps one at a time. And as I believe it was Philomena just said, you know, God is with us as we go through this. We're not alone. We have our sponsors. We have our network of people. And all of us have gone through this. So it's we're not, you know, saying you have to do this. But you're on your own. Good luck. You know, no one's going to listen to you. You know, that's the beauty of this program is that there is always someone there to um, practice with. You know, that's what I did. I had to, you know, have uh, practice sessions on what I was going to say, what I should say, what I shouldn't say. Do I need to say everything? Um, You know, I've learned to uh, bridle my tongue a lot through this program and not to take off my clothes in front of everyone and expose myself. That is not what this is about. It's not humiliation, it's humility. It's humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings, not you know, make a spectacle of yourself and uh, you know, create new reasons to be uh, resentful and afraid. This is a healing process and you know, as he says, at midnight, he came home exhausted but very happy. You cannot buy the feeling that comes from clean living and from uh moving forward and learning how to act appropriately and uh um with having self respect that I just did not have in disease with that'll pass.
8: Thank you, Katie. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Helena, may I share? Yes, good morning, Helena. Good morning. Um, Actually, I'm also excited to read about the promises. He has not had a drink since. As we shall see, he now means a great deal to his community. It looks like the major liabilities of 30 years of hard drinking have been repaired in four. I must say that Four years for impatient Helena seems like a long time. Helena wants to wake up tomorrow. As soon as I've made amends to someone, I want everything to be repaired. Four years out of 30, that's not bad. But I have to constantly school myself in patience. Um, I know that it says also in uh, the family afterwards, in working with others, in interaction, that after several months of the alcoholic living in sobriety and showing that they can be, we can be patient and calm no matter what happens, that the family will eventually come around. And my first reaction was, you've got to be kidding me. A few months of this? I want to just make a new start right away and see the results immediately. So although four years is not long compared to 30 years, it is a long time and it certainly is a test, and it certainly shows that Dr. Bob had really recovered for four years before finally all the damage has been restored, passed. Thank you,
1: Helena.
0: Who else would like to share on this paragraph?
1: Good morning, this is Bella, can I share? Good morning, Bella, yes. Good morning, my name is Bella, and I am a thankful recover compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for leading this meeting, and thank you, everybody that is on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph because it's all about our program to talk about experience, strength, and hope. Last paragraph we started with one morning, and this paragraph we start at midnight. The program is all about one day at a time. It's not... A, 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 a program that we have to live on pressure of time. It's not to do the step four, to do step nine, to do the amends. It's, it's not about time. It's not that we we'll, it's, a, it's, it's a rule. We have to do it on a certain time. It's it's very particular. Everybody can take his own time, his own space. And it's not that, oh, I took step nine and it took me a year and somebody else took him a month. It doesn't matter. It's one day at a time. And then he, he comes home exhausted but very happy. I would say and very happy. And it's very... It's it's very not not acceptable because if you are exhausted, you have to to say, tired, and here, very happy. Yes, after you do the amends, you are very happy. Now, how can I be happy to do amends, to apologize, to, to, to say to people, yes, I did mistakes, and yes, I did something wrong? This is when I do the amends together with God. It's nothing to do with me. It's not that I was a bad girl or I wasn't a smart girl or I didn't listen to nobody. No, it's about me and God together. Now, what means I am together with God I am accepting and admitting that I am a human, a human being, and I have my, limitation, my limitations, and I am not perfect, and I will be never perfect. And the program is all about progress and not about perfect. And when I am going together with God and I am doing the amends, yes, it's very exhausted because it brings me the past, it brings me the pain, it brings me the fear. And I am happy because I am not alone. I am together with God. And then he he now means a great deal to his community. Yes. And now I don't have to be scared and to have the fear and to, to, to want to be isolated. No, God trusts me and God loves me. And God wants I should be a part of this community, of this wonderful world. I don't want to be alone anymore. I know that I can give and get at the same time. I did the amends. I am now free. I got into the freedom, the freedom in my mind, the peaceful mind. Yes, and I am happy. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Paula. Anyone else want to share on this program?
4: Lisa? This is Kim.
0: Hi, Lisa. And then Kim next.
4: Yeah, hi, this is Lisa. Um, I just remember how it felt when I did my amends and how greatly I was received. I mean, people were very gracious, and it was a lot different than I thought it would be. Um, I'm a very shame-based person. I like to put on a good front. I like to look good in front of people, and they all knew. They all knew. What, who I really was, so I couldn't really hide it, so but um, I like where it says he came home exhausted but very happy, and I have to remember to live in steps ten, eleven, and twelve, so that um when I do get you know myself into trouble, I go back and I go and make those amends again because I want to stay very happy, but I'm a sick suffering person, and I can easily get tripped up um and I like where it says the major liabilities for thirty years of hard drinking have been repaired and for. I think it's still a long process for me. I think that I still run into those bubbles. It's like when you're um, spreading out like a sheet on the bed and you're trying to smooth out the wrinkles. It's going to take some smoothing over gently, gently, and those bubbles work up. And that's why I kind of like to keep doing the process over and over. And as far as the eating, I have found that I am a very – Uh, I have to be really, really careful with what I eat because um, I have a lot of food allergies and those kinds of things, so I have to make sure that I keep very stringent um, hold on myself as far as inventorying. My sponsor says inventory, inventory, inventory. I have to keep smoothing out the wrinkles, and I hope to always be very happy. This is a life second to none. I don't have to keep living in that morass. So I'm just really, really grateful for these paragraphs. These people were real pioneers, and I just want to follow and do whatever they did. Thanks. I pass.
0: Thank you, Lisa. Good morning, Kim. You're next.
4: Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, my fellows.
0: My name is Kim Jean, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, major liabilities of 30 years of hard drinking have been repaired in four You know, why are they saying four years? Are they saying that it took Bill, I mean, Bob, four years to get through the steps? No. No. What they're saying is he got sober in 1935. The book is published in 1939. So he's now four years that he's been recovered. So during that four years that he's practiced this program, his actions have backed up what his amends did. So the four years is not the time it took him to recover. In fact, I just want to point out some some time frames that the big book shows us. When Eddie came to Bill, and he Bill is saying you know, he's inexplicably different. He's changed. It's been two months, and the results are self-evident. You know, when we read this story here, they're talking about Bill meeting Bob on Mother's Day, which is May 11th, and the birth of the fellowship is on June 10th around that date when, Bill, when Bob took his last drink and that's what they're talking about here, that's a month. And we look back in the spiritual experience, it says what often happens in a few months could it have happened with years of self-discipline. So these steps are meant to be done quickly. We're holding our breath underwater. We don't have four years. We don't have two years to do a fourth step, which unfortunately a lot of people are doing. And just to recognize, when he's coming home exhausted, it's because he's completing the inventory process. I think one of the things we confuse is we think inventory is step four. Inventory is the beginning of the inventory process, which is four through nine. And if we don't get to the end, if we don't make all of our amends, we're not going to have that spiritual experience. And the big book warns us going into four, into five. If we stay in four, if you skip this vital step of step five, it warns us we will drink again. And in step nine, it warns us in three different places. Remember you said you were going to go to any length. Let them know you will not get over your drinking unless you do this. It's so essential for us to understand the urgency, the absolute urgency to get through these steps. It's not supposed to be a long process to get through the steps. But I want to read on page um, 83, after we've gone through this process, after we've made our amends, and said, yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. We must take the lead. A remorseful mumbling that we are sorry will not fill the bill. So what this four years is, is that he can make all the amends he wants to Ann Smith, his wife. But if he goes back to being that vicious, angry, junk, drunk, what does that mean? If we go through this inventory process and then we go back and we treat our neighbors and our loved ones and people around us like crap, we're going to drink again. Because our actions are going to show if we really have recovered. So he has not had a drink since because he has now made this spiritual practice a part of his life. It said earlier the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it, and we need to live that 24-7. When I hear one day at a time, I kind of cringe, because I've got to tell you, I've used that many a time to say, well, if it's one day at a time, then today I can pick up, and tomorrow will be a new day. Today I can yell at my parents, because tomorrow is a new day. Let me tell you a trick. It is one day at a time. It's one day at a time in a row. In a row, we have to live this program lived this program, because at midnight he came home exhausted but very happy. He has not had a drink since, because he made these 12 steps a part of his daily practice, not something he did whenever he was in hot water. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Who else would like to share on this paragraph before we move on? Okay, the silence tells me I can move on. Then, um, Penny C, would you read the next two paragraphs, paragraph three and four together, please?
9: Okay, thank you. This is Penny C. Good morning, everybody. I'm a recovered compulsive overreader from Boston, but life was not easy for the two friends. Plenty of difficulties presented themselves. Both saw that they must keep spiritually active. One day, they called up the head nurse of a local hospital. They explained their need and inquired if she had a first-class alcoholic prospect. She replied, yes, we've got a carker. He's, be- he's just beaten up a couple of nurses, goes off his head completely when he's drinking. But he's a grand chap when he's sober, though he's been he- in here eight times in the last six months understand he was once a well-known lawyer in town, but just now we've got him strapped down tight. And the asterisk refers to Bill and Dr. Bob's first visit to AA Number 3. And it tells us that we can see his story in the pioneer section, um, which we, and then it says this resulted in AA's first group at Akron, Ohio, in 1935, the three of them. I look back at the one sentence that, that really spoke to me this morning is, one day, they, um, excuse me, um, both saw that they must keep spiritually active. Spiritually active. Life wasn't easy. It, took, it's going, it was going to take a lot of, of effort and time on their part. And to keep spiritually active, they're telling us, it's not easy. It's what it means is that you know once the steps step you know 1 through 9 are completed that's not it's not ever really really done because now we go to step 10 which tells us we continue to do the same thing day after day meaning that we do step 4 through 9 every single day and many times sometimes more than once during the, every day, we go back and look at step four through nine, and, um, and we make amends if we, if we find that we've hurt anybody. And then we go to step 11, which says we have to use prayer and meditation so that we improve our conscious contact with God. So even though I think I have achieved a conscious contact with my higher power, this means that it's never enough. It means that every single day, I must I must do that. I must um, talk to I talk to my higher power. I live alone, so I talk out loud, and nobody thinks you know um, there's anything uh, wrong with me. And you know, just say you know God. I'm not sure what I should do next. You know, or gee God, thank you, thank you for thank you for the fact that you know I I I can walk. Um, something something very very simple that, that I just feel grateful for at that time and then we get to step 12 which is they're talking about they didn't just wait sit and wait at you know the Smith house and wait for calls to come in to see if they would help another alcoholic instead they took the bulls by the horn again we can use that, that phrase and called, called the local hospital and said you know do you have someone for us, because they knew that in order to keep what they had required that they needed to go out and and tell their stories and help another sick alcoholic and you know i don't see that so often in in my my o a meetings with people going out looking for people to to help they you know they may they may even put their hands up to say they'll be a sponsor, but if no one No one uh, responds, you know, we think we've done our our duty. But this is telling us we go out and look if if need be so that we can have an ability to tell our story and keep what we have so graciously been given. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Penny. Who would like to share on these two paragraphs?
9: Sarah?
0: Hi, good morning, Sarah.
10: Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Sarah, and I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. And um, thank you all so much for being here today. Um, I I wanted to go back um, uh, just to look a little bit at the family afterwards to bring that into play. And the reason I'm doing that is because, you know, it, the comment was made Uh, in the book, but life was not easy for the two friends. Plenty of difficulties presented themselves. And I think, you know, that was also kind of uh, generated by the previous person who shared, but um, the part I'd like to read is, we we cannot, we, uh, we are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. This is on page 133. We cannot subscribe to the belief that this life is a veil of tears, though it once was just that for many of us. But it is clear that we made our own misery. God didn't do it. Avoid, then, the deliberate manufacture of misery. But if trouble comes, clearly capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. And the reason I bring that into it is in part of the book, it says we are not a glum lot, but some of us, including myself, have been very glum, either in recovery or outside of it. And I think the idea of a gratitude list and and remembering how much we do have, as was stated by the previous person, also, and also the idea that uh, for me, I have to keep reaching out to people, whether they be truly in recovery, or they they are working actively working their steps, or they are not. They're in the disease, and I can't judge that. And I don't know what path it is that they should take. I can only offer what mine has been and my struggles and the parts that I have felt, um, you know, so grateful for. It, I guess the thing I would like to say this morning is I'm so grateful that I'm a, I'm a compulsive overeater. And people say that in AA all the time, and we don't hear that too often in a way, but I am because that is where I get to give the gifts away that I have. You know, it's it's weakness, not strength, that binds us to each other. So um, I just have to go back to the idea that it is working with others that allows me to keep my sobriety, and it gives me so much joy to see people change. And also, sometimes when I'm working with somebody that that isn't getting it or that is struggling, it it gives me more compassion for that person. Uh, I know what that feels like. I have been in relapse. I have seen and felt the, that uncomfortable uh, misery. Uh, of feeling like I 'm in a dark, deep pit, and there's no way out, but there is there 's always a light there, and we just have to keep reaching for it because all of us are capable of having this recovery and um and it, it's just it does take the idea of being willing to go to any length for it and and wanting it that badly that we are willing to sacrifice as Leah put it earlier and you know, we have to have some sacrifice in our life but the joys that come from that are so much greater than anything we could ever imagine and with that I'll pass thank you so much and have a nice day all. Hello? Thank you Thank you Sarah. Hello Who's
11: next? Hi
0: You're... this
11: is Cindy, Cindy from Pennsylvania Hi Cindy um, Hi this is my third Vision for You meeting and I love it um, I got so much out of what I heard this morning um, i'm fifty two but I was in my alcohol addiction for about thirty years and I'm recovering in o a for the um <laughs> my last time for a few months and um I know it's not the number on the scale it's about a lifestyle change, but I release several pounds and going down three sizes and I'm so pleased that I'm eating healthy and um these um Meetings I don't know exactly how to express myself because I don't have the book in front of me, but I learned so much this morning, and um my behavior out in the world when I was drinking was horrible, and my family situation was horrible, and my personality was horrible. But today, I have such love in my heart wherever I go, and I learned this in o a because today I love myself, I hated myself because I had used food to replace the alcohol. And I had gotten so overweight that I couldn't even take a good shower. I was so out of shape. I couldn't breathe. And um, OA has taught me to take care of myself and eat properly and love myself. And wherever I go, I'm in a good mood. And I meet people and I'm happy. And um, I heard some people on the line, their names that have tried to help me years ago. But I guess I wasn't ready for recovery in OA. But I just love it today, and I love every minute of it, and my family, my boyfriend, my friends, strangers that I meet see the joy in my life today, and I am a grateful recovering food addict because without OA, I never would have gotten the new um, healthy attitude and um, abstinence that I have, so I love all you guys, and at the end, I'll leave my phone number um, people have been so kind to welcome me and give me outreach calls because I'm still looking for a sponsor. And um, I'm just so grateful, and with that, I pass.
8: Thank you, Cindy.
11: Who else would like to share on what we've read today?
0: This is Leah. Monica. Hi, good morning, Leah. Oh, and then Monica. Leah first and Monica.
7: Thank you. Thanks so much. Both saw that they must keep spiritually active. Of course, this is referring to... Bill W and Dr. Bob, yes, they are sober, uh, but we have a spiritual malady you know we've We've eliminated alcohol hundreds of times we've eliminated binge foods hundreds of times uh, That's not the greater aspect of the disease. The greater aspect of the disease is spiritual in nature. So, you know, the monkey may be off our back, but the circus is still in town. So how are they going to respond? Well, they're going to respond by not letting up on the spiritual program of action. They're not resting on their laurels because they know <laughs> through personal experience that they'll be headed for trouble if, if they do. Uh, alcohol's a f- subtle foe. So what are they doing? They're doing exactly what God wants us to do. You know, the book teaches me that uh, we have recovered and have been given the power to help other people. God has removed the obsession to drink for Bill W. and Dr. Bob. What are they going to do now? Well, God has a job for, do, for them to do, obviously, or you and I wouldn't be here this morning. Uh, they didn't have to question what God's will was for them. God's will for them was to carry this message. They have recovered. And they have a very specific message to carry. And indeed, they go ahead and they carry it to Alcoholics Anonymous number three. They have a need. As it says, they explained their need and inquired if she had a first-class alcoholic prospect. They have a need out of self-preservation. Yes, it's true. If they neglect those who are still sick, there is danger to their own lives and to their sanity. They have a need out of self-preservation and duty and love to carry a message. And it's a very specific message. You'll notice it. Bill and Dr. Bob don't carry a message of their personal philosophy or personal opinion. They carry a message of these steps. You know, inevitably, for those who have an authentic spiritual awakening, which, of course, they did, it has to be manifested in service as the very nature of our transformation. So they became a source of of solace and service to the community. And that's exactly what recovered people have to do. We have a need. It isn't a question of other compulsive overeaters giving me anything. My stability comes out of trying to give, not out of demanding that I receive. We try to give out of self-preservation and duty, And love, yes, because this is a program of recovery that works. You know, but, um, you know, I certainly had other aspirations and dreams for myself. I never dreamt that, uh, you know, I would spend uh, years uh, being on a phone line every morning carrying the message. I had other dreams and, and visions personally for myself. But this is what recovered people do, and that's certainly what Dr. Bob and Bill did. They gave of themselves, because in giving, they became the receiver. And that's exactly what Step 12 is all about. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Good
12: morning, Hiya. everyone. This, this is Monica. Why
7: don't you go ahead, Monica?
12: Okay. Um, Good morning, everyone. This is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm just going to go on down to the next paragraph a little bit. So we've been, you know, everyone before me has been talking about why we need to do this. Why do we carry this message, you know, and, and the joys of doing it and what it gives for us. So they, so they call up the, you know, the local hospital and they ask um, if there's anybody they can work with. Because at that time, you know, they're at the beginning here. They're at the beginning. So they went out in search of other alcoholics. You know, it's a little easier maybe today where there's rooms full of OA suffering compulsive overeaters and all we need to do is walk up to somebody in the room and say, hey, would you like, you know, do you need a sponsor here? But anyway, so she says, she replied, yes, we got a corker. And what is a corker? It's someone or something that is excellent, remarkable, surprising, or bewildering so, I guess in this case, he was probably, it might be someone who's an excellent, surprising, bewildering person, drunk, you know. He's just beaten up a couple of nurses. Sounds pretty bad, you know, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, so I didn't do anything like this as a compulsive overeater. Goes off his head completely when he's drinking. But he's a grand chap when he's sober. So he's been in here eight times in the last six months. And on the first time or two I read this, I didn't, you know, I, I compared, I compared. I wasn't identifying with any of this stuff. But you know what? What are they talking about here? Goes off his head completely when he's drinking. Sounds a little like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde stuff going on here. And we read about that way back on page 21. And you know what? When I was in the food, when I was eating, when I was on a binge, I was ugly get out of my way, stay out of my way. I was probably mean. You know, that wasn't the normal nature of Monica, but when she was in her food or somebody was interrupting her or getting in my way, it was not good. And though he's been here eight times in the last six months, I I, I looked at that and I thought, how many times, how many times, how many promises, how many resolutions how many new diets, how many times did I go back to the to the diet club, you know? And um, over and over and over again, trying, looking for something. And, that, uh, you know, that was part of my history. Every day I'd wake up, I'm going to be a good girl today. And probably before breakfast was done, I probably wouldn't even make it through breakfast as night, I was on another binge. So, yeah, yeah, I can relate to this too. And... But up above, we're seeing, you know, what has happened to Dr. Bob and what has happened to Bill as a result of doing this work, of doing these steps. And they are coming to this guy and they're going to tell him their history, their stories, and then put it in his lap. If you want what we have, you do what we did. It's that simple. And it can be yours, too. And with that, I pass. Thank
0: you, Monica. And I did hear Haya. Are you still there wanting to share? Haya, are you still with us? Would you like to share? Mrs. Melanie. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs? I Hiya. Me I oh, there's Hiya. <laughs> oh. Hi. You can hear me? Okay, great. Hi, everybody. This is Piper, covered compulsive eater and bulimic in Dallas, Texas. And uh, I just love the readings that we're doing this morning. You know, um, just I wanted to chime in earlier just about the time frame, you know, that yes, you know, I did not have the time to wait. Hiya, press star 8. We lost her again. Paula, would you like to step in
6: and then we'll catch up with Hiya? Surely, this would be Paula, Recovered compulsive Reader. You know, I wanted to look at this first, but life was not easy for the two friends. Do you not love the honesty? There they are, both recovered. But life was not easy. And then it goes on, and I'd love that. Two friends united with great affection for each other. But look at, they knew plenty of difficulties presented themselves. Okay, more honesty. Both, not one, both saw that they must keep spiritually active. They must to keep what they had to have to give it away, as was just said. But I want to go down to something, and I'm going to drop it down here. Scoot on down to that last line. Understand, he was once a well-known lawyer in town. This is the fellow that we're talking about, by the way, And 16, in one line. Our friend Bill describes, an alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. Okay, there you go. We'll leave it there. Understand, he was once a well-known lawyer in town. But just now, we've got him strapped down tight. Honey, it wasn't the straps that were holding him down tight. Be very clear here. It was this disease that was holding him down tight. That's what does it. More than the straps. The only thing that can unloosen these straps is God himself. And these people were on a mission. These two were on a mission. And it was God's mission. And they knew, even before the traditions were written, they were living it. Their primary purpose, they knew, was to help another suffering alcoholic. And that they did. Before it was put into words, they did the action. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Hi, it's hi
0: again. Thank you, Paula. Hi, Haya. Hi. Hi, 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 hi guys. Totally cut off. Um, the thing I just wanted to share earlier was, um, you know, the need to keep spiritually active um, and spiritually. And the, when they described AA number three, um, he said, you know, he's been there eight times, right, in the last, you know, short period of time. That reminds me of the ability for me to put down the food for a short period of time, that resolve that we talk about, I'm not going to do this again, that's it, I'm done. And then I feel good because I've, you know, been able to do this for a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks, and then there I am, restless, irritable, and discontent. Something comes up, and the greater aspect of my disease kicks in, and there I am eating again. Because when these guys went to these, you know, treatment places. I mean, it was a, it was a bing bang kind of thing. They went in and they dried them out and then they sent them on their way. And so a guy who's coming back eight times, he got dried out, felt good, sent him on his way for a short period of time until that time came again when he needed a solution to cope with life, right? It says in the paragraph, they had to keep spiritually active because life was difficult, life was challenging. And they needed their solution, and that solution is access to God. and the initial access I attained through the inventory process, step four through nine, and I continue to keep upgrading, keep you know as the the disease progresses, my recovery, the state of recovery needs to progress i e my relationship with my higher power. and I do that through step ten, daily inventory process, step eleven prayer and meditation, and then step 12, living the principles and carrying the message. And uh, they were carrying the message to a guy who was in the grips of our disease. What's the grips of our disease? That Pledge of Allegiance, the OA Pledge of Allegiance. Today, I'm not going to do it anymore. That's it. I'm putting down the sugar. I'm putting down the this. I'm putting down the that. I'm not doing it anymore. Feel good for a period of time. Have a problem or a feeling or a success, something that makes us need to have that that, that effect that the, big, that the doctor's opinion discusses, and then we pick up again. And that's why a person can come back eight times in such a short period of time, because as long as we're on that cycle, we're going to keep going around that, that, that roller coaster. Um, and I'm so grateful that we're, that we're discussing this. If anyone's new, there is hope. There's a vision for you. The vision is that there is hope. You can get off the roller coaster. And um, this is showing us how Bill and Bob got off the roller coaster. And if we follow the same direction, I could speak for me. I followed the directions that are in the book. And by God, <laughs> the results are, are evident in the people around me. They'll tell you I'm different. I'm so grateful. Thanks so much for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Haya. And we've come to the end of this hour of our study. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Sharon R.S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. Thank you, Melanie. This is Sharon, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.